Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. I'm not sure what day it is today. I think it's day 110. I'm going to say it's 110, because I think it was 103 the last time. So it's day 110 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I'm here with the pivy Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. And how are you, Tommy? I'm busy right now looking up what day it is. Okay. It's the simplest of information. <laughs> how was your Easter weekend? Uh, it was very nice. Uh, yes? Uh, yes, I had a, a lovely uh, afternoon at my niece's house. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was very nice. Oh, cool. How was yours? It was very nice. We had dinner here for Easter Sunday. Stephen cooked. He made a lamb and a ham. A lamb and a ham. Lamb and a ham. And we had my brother and sister-in-law over and our friends John and Sheila. We had a great day. Good. Good for you. Yeah, it was. Anyway, um, yes, that was about it for Easter weekend, really. Nothing really else too exciting to tell you about. It was shitty, cold, horrible. Yeah, I know. The weather was just terrible. I mean, too, yesterday that we were supposed to have a nor'easter, they were saying... One or two inches of snow here for Long Island. Thank God it didn't happen. Sunday was nice. Mm-hmm. It was cold. Saturday was dismal and awful. I mean, uh, it, it certainly doesn't feel like a... It's just not spring, Easter-like like weather at all. all. It's like we're still getting the weather from March coming through. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Everything's been like, been like pushed back pushed a month. Pushed back, yeah. I, I've been saying this for for a while, that everything feels like it's pushed back a year. Uh, right. Yeah, like a month right now. Like it's working its way uh, into the like the systems, like yeah. what we used to. I know. Like, there are no daffodils now. They used to always be daffodils. Where are the fucking Oh, you, I've seen plenty of daffodils. They all looked horrible. I have some neighbor on like a block away when we go for our walks. They have daffodils growing on their lawn. The lawn is filled with daffodils. That's awesome. How are they going to cut their grass? I don't know. But hey, that's not my problem. That's well, theirs. <laughs> daffodils don't last all season. No. Yeah, so yeah they're, weeks, they're early bloomers, yeah, you know? A couple of weeks, they shoot their load early in the spring, and that's it. Yep, wipe them up. <laughs> right? So before I move on to our first segment, I wanted to talk about what just happened in the news, which I'm sure you've heard about this police shooting in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I don't like uh, This 26-year-old Patrick Leoya, I think his name is, refugee from the Congo, lived here for seven years. Okay. And have you seen the video? I have not. It's pretty horrendous to see what happens. Okay. The guy pulled over. Uh, supposedly the cop pulled him over because the license plate did not match the vehicle. Right. So then he asked him for his driver's license, and he said it was inside the car. And he went to go turn, and he looked inside the car, and he had, he had a passenger with him. Then before you know, he, t- he says no, and he starts trying to get away from the vehicle and get away from the cop. Okay. So the cop's basically wrestling and fighting with him the whole time, trying to hold on to him. Then he's trying to cuff him, and he's trying. Then he's trying. Then the cop tries to tase him. He grabs a taser gun and tries to point it away from himself. How many cops were there? This is only one cop involved. I think there was. There may. I don't know if there was another cop on the scene at the time or not. It's, it's hard to tell. And before you know it, he they're still struggling with the taser on the ground, but he's on top of the guy. The, the cop. The, the cop, cop is on, on top, top of, of the, the guy. guy. The guy is now facing face down on the ground. Okay. And you see him, he's still struggling. All of a sudden, you see him reach around, and he grabs the gun, and not shoots a second or two later, shoots him in the back of the head. It, it's just like, it did not need to rise to that level of violence. This guy was, yes, he was resisting arrest, yes. 
but he wasn't fighting the cop. He was trying to get away from the cop. And at the time, at the time the cop shot the gun, the suspect was lying face down under the control of the cop. Yeah, I mean, I gotta admit, this guy was the guy who was killed. Is a was a physically bigger guy and stuff, and maybe been physically stronger than the cop. But the cop still had him on the ground, and this guy was still struggling on the ground. But and the cop was in control. It, it, it appeared that the cop was in control at that point; that he was on top of him. It was risky, especially when it's one man, of course, doing all this. Right. You know, right? So what? And this is all. Did, this is a traffic stop, for God's sake. The cop. Okay, and the cop. The, the, I'm trying to think of like now. The cop is at high, a high as possible. Adrenaline, you know, now, now is high. I, I imagine yeah. it must be a, a physically and emotionally very taxing time. And and what I'm trying to understand is why, if you, if you got him on the ground and felt you needed to shoot him in the back of the knee so he can't run away, it's like, why did you shoot him in the That's back of the head? That's bad enough. He shot him in but the to, back of the head. To shoot him in the back of the head, I don't know. That's uh, that's that's pretty high emotional right there. And what's Bad is, I mean, this happened like, I mean, like the first week of April. We only we're only finding out about this because the video was released this past week. There's actually like three videos. Well, what I understand was the kid who had the, the friend in the car. He was videotaping it. Yes. There's also the police car video. Right. There's also a a neighbor's rain camera video. Oh, okay. And I guess the cop video, which somehow got deactivated during all this struggle, which you can understand with the physical struggle. Yeah, they said it's possible that by leaning on it, it can turn or it can deactivate the right. camera. Yeah, it doesn't look like. From what I saw, it doesn't look like he turned off the camera, but I don't know. Okay, I don't know. They haven't released the cop's name yet. And Where is this? This is in uh, Michigan. Michigan. And right now, the state police are, are uh, investigating it. They're supposed to be releasing a report on Friday. Huh. That's so, awful. but in the meantime, I think there's already protests going on in Michigan now, and this could get to be another big situation again, like we had two, three years ago. You know, like we have every couple of months. It's well, that's what it seems. I know. It's just, it's unbelievable. This is, uh, this is the, this is the latest news that's going on right now. This is, br- this is, this is pretty bad. Yeah. So it could be, it could be another long hot summer. You. Know? The guy was from the Congo? Yeah, he was from the Congo. His father is uh, here also. I guess they emigrated as a family together. Okay. And the father now is at the point he's telling people, we came here because we thought it would be safer. Right. Obviously, we were wrong. Right. Don't come here. He's telling people, don't come here now. That's a, that's a shameful thing to say, but can you blame them? Well, no. no. Can you blame I, I, them? I support them, too. I signed my name to don't come here. I, I mean, mean, you're trying to escape violence in your own country. Exactly. And you come here to be subjected to it from the, the the police. I wonder, like how how they immigrated. Not for any reason except curiosity, because now this family is in front of me. Like, did they go through the the, the hoops and the jumps and the thing to Probably. get the thing from the from Probably. the country? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I bet it sounds like they they would have. I know. So based on just, pretty much nothing. Yeah, but who knows? Who knows? Stay tuned. It's all you can say. This is all still relatively new. Okay. But we'll now move on to our first segment. Well, actually, before our first segment, you had asked for comments from people concerning wine recommendations, and someone actually made a wine recommendation. What did they recommend to you, Tommy? First of all, anybody who makes wine recommendations is my people. Okay, good for you. Okay. <laughs> wine? Red wine, particularly? Yes. Some, you had told me that somebody suggested Malbec. Yes, on, uh, on Twitter, on the Twitter feed. Now, I am familiar with Malbec. Okay. Uh, it is... 
generally from the South American region. This particular eyeball one today, which I have bought before, it's called Alamos Malbec. It's a ten dollar bottle of wine. Uh, this one is from Argentina, and it's like it's like a uh, South American table wine. It's, okay, it's like it, it, it's like Chianti. Okay, all right, yeah. So it's usually a pretty dark. Thick kind of this this particular one is really fruity and bitter at the back, which I like. Really, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a ten dollar bottle of wine, it's not bad. <laughs> but yeah, I love Malbec. I'm so I, I the Malbecs, the Chiantes. Uh, I love it. Good love to it. know. So if anyone else has any wine recommendations, yeah. you, you know how to reach us and where to make those recommendations. And no more than ten dollars a bottle unless you're sending it. <laughs> And now we'll move on to our first segment of the evening, which, of course, is Heavy Petting. Yeah, wait, wait, we need a name for the wine segment. Well, you know what? Let's wait till there's another question, and yes. then we'll make it an Well, maybe next segment. week we'll ask, what wine is Tommy drinking tonight? <laughs> I think, uh, we'll talk about it. Okay, we'll, we'll work on that. Yeah. We'll work on yeah, that. We'll work on it. But in the meantime, into Heavy Petting, our, they actually have two uh, topics to bring up in here. First one is Pets and Cannabis. Oh, it seems that there was a survey of veterinarians, and they have found that more pets are being poisoned by marijuana plants and edibles than in the past, and that some even have died. I believe it. They found it occurs most frequently in dogs, but also in cats, iguanas, ferrets, horses, and cockatoos. I dare you to identify a high iguana. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if it's running around like mad or doing something out of its... Ordinary behavior. I guess scientifically there is a way that that THC could respond to that brain differently than everybody else's. But 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 pot is the thing that makes you run around crazy. Well, they're saying that the most common symptoms in pets exposed to cannabis include disorientation, yeah, lethargy, abnormal or uncoordinated movements such as swaying, lowered heart rate, and urinary incontinence. Okay. So I think those are pretty good signs that maybe there's something wrong with your pet then. Well, he could just be sitting up like a good boy, except leaning at like a 35-degree angle against the wall. <laughs> you know, maybe then he's hot. <laughs> maybe then. You know, yeah, there, yeah. Either that, if you see him open up a package of Oreo cookies. If there's a dog, <laughs> if there's a dog or cat in your house while you're getting high, they're going to get high. Well, from the smoke, that secondhand smoke, it's, that's a bit different than ingesting it through... Edibles? They're edibles. Most of them, I would probably say, are from edibles. Those are saying it's from discarded joints, okay. but also from dried plant materials. Like, if I guess if you're leaving, like, seeds or stems or any other small leaves or whatever, you know, depending on how you're breaking it down. But they say that the edibles can be very dangerous because they can come in chocolate and fruit flavors, and that those can be toxic to dogs and cats and also some of them even came the uh contained the sweetener xylitol i hope i'm pronouncing that right probably not that's that's that may be used in marijuana gummies okay so basically you should be extremely careful with your cannabis products around your pets keep them in a sealed tight place where you know they cannot get to don't keep them in a plastic bottle like it's because you think it's a childproof bottle because just because it's childproof doesn't mean it's dog proof you know Louie chew through any bottle you give him less than five minutes. Exactly. Five See? minutes. I don't care what size bottle. Right? That bitch is going to chew through it. Yeah. So I wouldn't recommend storing your cannabis products in those kind of bottles. Yeah. I store mine, of course, in a uh, jar. You Keep it you, in a dark, closed place so it stays out of the light. You live in a house with adults. You're yes. You're not worried about your dog. Nope. Your kid. Nope. Never have to worry about Abigail consuming The other thing, like Abigail's 13 inches off the ground. Like, she's, she, where is she... What, how tall can she reach? You just put anything on the second shelf. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... 
All right. I said I never worried about that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but people don't be stupid. Right? No, don't be stupid. Sake, don't Just be because stupid. you're smoking dope doesn't mean you should be careless about things, you and, know? And, and don't get your dog high. Your dog is already getting high. Don't get your dog high. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not necessary. It's you not might fun. think it's a fun idea, but it's really... And it can be funny as fuck. Oh, yes, it can, but it's... It's not fun for them. But it's, exactly. It's I also, fun I for feel the, the same way about dressing them up. It's fun for you. It is not fun for them. Don't no, dress they you, don't like dressing them up. Don't dress your dog up. That's yeah, well, stupid. Even though we have a full wardrobe for Abigail. Oh, and, and you know what? I have liked and clicked on and followed more pictures of dogs dressed up as brides and grooms and comic book characters. <laughs> and, you know, they're adorable and they're cute, but they're unhappy when you do it. Yes, they are. We now move on to our second topic under heavy petty, okay. which is basically a sort of hero of the week. Because I came across this friend's Facebook post. You're talking about... And I was so touched by it. I was like, you know what? This deserves to be acknowledged. I, I agree with this. I'm right? Full, I fully support this. I'm going to read the post and then I'll say who it is and stuff. But I'll read the post first. So a couple of months ago, I was scrolling through Facebook and I came across an article on the overpopulation of street dogs in Puerto Rico. It seems that there are approximately 300,000 on the streets. They face terrible lives. Constant danger from people who consider them a public nuisance. There was a link to a sanctuary that rounds them up at night and gets them off the streets so they aren't hurt. There was this cute little white dog who is in the middle of a sea of giant dogs living his best street life. I got in touch with the sanctuary and he was there. I tried my best to get him here, but with the COVID restrictions, it was impossible. I asked the sanctuary if they could try to keep him safe, I could get him in April. They couldn't make any guarantees. Well, I hoped for the best, and this week I flew there and got him. He's been a street dog for 10 years. Turns out he had a brother that he was very bonded to who disappeared during Hurricane Maria. This guy has seen a lot and survived a lot. I had to get him a medical clearance to get him to New York City. Turns out he has a pretty significant heart murmur, which will have to be constantly monitored and treated. But he will finally have a home for the last years of his life. Since he's from Puerto Rico, I wanted to call him Chino or Bernardo. Of course he did. But it turns out the locals call him Noodles, and he responds to it. Which is so much cuter. So I was thinking I'd go to the old Sound of Music route and call him Schnitzel with Noodles. <laughs> Excellent. Which is easier to call him than wild geese that fly with the moon <laughs> on their wings. Anyway, he's sweet, super friendly, and doesn't bark. I think he's going to miss the beaches of the island, but I'll take him to Fire Island this summer. That dog living on that sofa is going to be fucking fine. Yeah. That dog is going to be fine and happy. And you know what? You talk about a 10-year-old dog, but that's a chihuahua. I don't know what kind of dog it's, it was. It's, it's, it's a, a small, small, it's a small dog. breed dog. Yeah. Um, it may live another fucking 10 years. It could, well, depending on its health. Yeah, the little one. Yeah, yeah, the heart murmur. Yeah, but now the dog's comfy. Yep. <laughs> and comfy helps. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, say who it is. Kudos to Matt Sinise, our friend and listener. I find out he does listen, oh, to, does the he listen to the he podcast. Does listen to the podcast. Okay, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass when I say that he's one of my favorite people. <laughs> like I, I love him. I he is so funny and he is so he real. Is. He's extremely funny. Oh and, my god! And this is the kind of heart he has. Yes, he does. He has a very big, generous heart. And the, the sense of humor lets me say something like, "You are the mother Teresa to all Puerto Rican strays." <laughs> And he's fabulous. He's he he really is a he's a, a very sweet, good-hearted teacher. By the way, yeah, uh, pay attention to those people, right? City teacher, yeah. He's a 
uh, he's a good guy. And he's also, guy. he'll be appearing on Long Island this summer in the uh, staged uh, reading production of Valley of the Dolls. Yes, he will. Right? Yeah, well, I saw him as Judy Garland. Oh, I saw that too, the Judy Garland Christmas special. He was phenomenal in that. He was hilarious. Not to mention when they did the staged reading of Mommy Dearest. When he Which did, I didn't see. Oh, my God. Oh, my. He played Christina. Yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, my God. He, he is just got his toes on I think on the big time professional career like like he could absolutely yeah. do that really he's that good he's really good yes and he's really sweet yeah and he's so fucking funny and the heart like this this guy goes flies his ass to Puerto Rico to pick up a dog to pick up like, a dog like Right? you know That's I'm amazing. Sure, I hope he got a little on the side, but <coughs> why go to Puerto Rico and not have the guacamole? That's right? what I'm saying. But it's, it's just, it gives us an opportunity also to put a spotlight on people. You have plenty of opportunities to rescue a dog somewhere. Yeah, you don't In our to, own country, overseas. You, you, don't need you, to know? Fly, you don't need to fly to go get them. You know, a couple of dollars. I can't do it. I don't have the money to do that. But um, people who do and who feel that way, I think, uh, I think, I think it's they in, do. It's incredibly admirable. I think. I think, they, I think that's something do. that should be encouraged. You know. Yeah, I'm all for people leaving their entire estate to their cat. I think that's fabulous. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, yeah, make sure my cat is alive and the rest of it, well, whatever. You right? know what I mean? But I, 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 I like when people go that crazy. <laughs> I do. We'll move on to our next topic. Okay. Which, of course, is your favorite segment. Today's, Today's birthday. So it's it's April twentieth. It's April 20th, and also it's still Jazz Appreciation Month. Okay. And well, today's... Well, what goes better? What goes better? With Jazz Appreciation. Yes. If not 420. If not 420, which we'll be discussing later on in the podcast. Continue. This, our first birthday celebrant, is a jazz musician. Okay. He was born in Manhattan, uh, April 20th, 1923. He was raised in Spanish Harlem, the son of Puerto Rican parents. As a child, he was described as hyperactive and always banging on pots and pans. So Tito mo- Puente. Tito Puente is correct, sir. I Very wasn't good. sure until you said banging on the pots and pans, and I was like, no, that's Tito Puente. Tito Puente. So his mother sent him out for piano lessons at age four. By age 10, he switched to the drums. That woman would have sent him to, <laughs> you know, eagle landing lessons or falconing, or she'd just get him out of the fucking house for an hour a week. <laughs> Stop banging on my pots and pans. <laughs> That loud little fuck. Yep. Well, after serving in the Navy during World War II, he studied music at the Juilliard School of Music. Did the military pay for that? I I would assume so. I would assume so, too. Juilliard. Uh, Juilliard. And then his popularity soared in the 1950s and 60s as he helped to bring Latin jazz and Afro-Cuban and Caribbean sounds like the mambo and cha-cha to mainstream audiences. See that point? They good for him. Among his most famous songs is Oye Como Va. From 1963. Would you like to hear that? I absolutely would like to hear it. We can play the original Tito Puente recording of it. Nice. Nice. Oh, we have to first wait. Tito Puente. Here we go. Ouch. One, two, cha-cha-cha. Three, four, cha-cha-cha. Come on, Tito. There it is. There he goes. People lose their minds over this. Right? It's so good. 
<laughs> it's so good. Really, that's excellent. Just excellent. So, for those of you who don't know, he also um, received the Billboard Latin Music Lifetime Achievement Award in 1995. 1997, he was awarded the National Medal of the Arts. 1999, he was inducted into the International Latin Music Hall of Fame. He also famously appeared... Well, that the, building should be called Tito Puente Hall. Well... But they, go ahead. They also, he also famously appeared in a two-part episode of The Simpsons. Okay. Who Shot Mr. Burns. All right. I in which he was this. one of the suspects, and he performed the Emmy-nominated song, Senor Burns, in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> he appeared as Tito Puente? Yep. So they he, drew Tito Puente. He ranks 19th on the list of the 25 favorite Simpsons guest stars. Oh, I bet. <laughs> he died at age 77 of complications following a heart attack and valve replacement surgery. Oh, right. complications. Yeah, that's, that's heavy stuff. When was that? That was in 2000. Oh. He died. So anyway, happy birthday, Tito Puente. Yeah, Tito Puente. Feliz you. cumpleaños. Yeah, both of those things. <laughs> Thank you. You're the best. Our next birthday celebrant... Also dead. Dead, good God. He was born April 20th, 1893. Oh, real dead. In Burchard, Nebraska. After his parents' divorce, his father moved with his son to San Diego, Florida, where he began acting in one-reel film comedies in the Edison Film Company around 1912. In 1913, he began working for Hal Roach's film studio. In 1918, he began developing his Glass character, a glasses-wearing optimistic go-getter. In 1921, he and Roach began making full-length comedies, and the highlight of his career of this was 1923 film Safety Last, in which he is famously seen hanging, hanging from, from the, the clock. From the clock, from the it clock. Buster Keaton. No, it is not Buster Keaton. It's not. It's it is not. not. Keaton, it's not Charlie Chaplin. No, it is not Charlie Chaplin. But he is considered among with those two absolutely. Like among he, the most influential film comedians of, of the all time. Film absolutely. Era. Oh God, Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, and fuck me, what is it? His name is Harold Lloyd. Oh my God. We could, he, we could, he's probably the least known today because at the time he owned the copyright to all of his films. And later on in years, when people were you know releasing these films in the syndication for, and paying fees for himself, he was charging a much higher fee. Okay. So his films were not seen as much by the public after you know after a certain period of time and stuff. So he's not as well known now as. He was back then. He okay. was one of the he was one of the kings of the silent film era, basically. Yeah, that image is, is iconic. Him right? hanging off the hands of the exactly. Clock, the That's one of the most iconic time. images yes. from that, yeah. from that film. That you know exactly. Absolutely. He uh, married actress Mildred Davis in 1923. They had two children and, and adopted a girl from 1926 to 1929. He built Green Acres. It seems like there was a lot of adopting going on in a certain era. Okay. Across, like, uh, I'm going to have to Google web this again. That's a social trend we'll have to look into something. Yeah, it seems. It just <laughs> seems to me like a lot of celebrities did that between, like, the 20s and the 50s. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to look into it sometime. It's interesting. But anyway, he built this mansion called Green Acres. 44 rooms on a 15-acre estate, 26 bathrooms. Jesus. The estate had 12 fountains, 12 gardens, a nine-hole golf course, a 50-foot by 150-foot swimming pool, a farm and stable, an open-air theater and dancing pavilion, two film vaults, tennis courts, an outdoor bowling green, and a handball court. Because apparently he was a national handball champion. That's a lot to do in a day. 
He also, on the estate, built a fairyland estate for his four-year-old daughter. It included a four-room miniature old English house, an old miniature English stable with a pony and cart, a wishing well with water, a slide, acrobatic devices, and a swing. And the house had electricity and a kitchen and a bath with running water. For, her, for his daughter. For his four-year-old daughter. For his four-year-old daughter. Built a little house. After his death, the estate was sold and the property was all subdivided, but the mansion and the garden still remain, and they're used today now for civic events and film production. Wedding but at the pictures. time, it was considered the most, the best-looking, you know, celebrity mansion of the era, you know? Okay. That's more than a mansion, though. Yeah. that's a, He built, like, a little village up in That's there. what it sounds like, right? How many outbuildings? Were there? I mean... There's, they, they show a picture of a Christmas tree that they had in this house. Okay. It's this huge, gaudy... You can't even see the tree. It's just covered in ornaments. Well, it's that's another thing that people at. do. And back in the day, it was a big thing. All the tinsel, and you didn't see any tree. It yep. was just during the same time period, they adapted all them kids. They had these awful trees. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> Terrible. We now move on to our next segment. There was no note taken. No. Segment two is... Today in History. Today in History. This is an important day. Yes, it is. Today is the anniversary, of course, of the Columbine High School Massacre. <sighs> yeah, which, uh, what, 12 students, I think, and one teacher were killed. I want to say 15. You may be right about that. Columbine. Yeah, maybe hard. It may be a little... Columbine was horrific. Yeah. That was... That's, I'll never forget that day. I was home... And had the TV on in my bedroom, and all of a sudden we hear this news flash comes on about the shooting at this high school, and I basically sat riveted to my TV for the rest of the right. afternoon, watching the coverage, watching that one student, uh, I think his name was Patrick I Patrick Ireland Ireland, I don't know, crawling out the window. Okay, it it was that was an incredible day. Yeah, seeing that that was uh, twenty years ago. That was nineteen ninety nine. So, 23 years 23 ago. Years 23 years ago. Doesn't seem possible. Right? And you know what seems even less possible? The fact that absolutely nothing has been done about it. No. From Columbine to Sandy Hook, nothing has changed. Sandy Hook? Sandy Hook is the... That's Connecticut. Yeah. That's the, the, the six-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I said it then, kind of snarkily, uh, and like you said in my introduction... Pithily. If we're not going to do something about it at this point, at this Sandy Hook point, because between Sandy Hook and <coughs> Columbine, there was a couple of other mass shootings, certainly mass shootings in high schools and colleges. There, there was a lot. I think West Virginia happened to be. Yeah. There was a, a. It just kept happening. It just kept happening. It just kept happening. And then it happened in a first grade classroom. And I said, if we don't do anything about it now, we're never going to. The only way it's ever going to change now is if we repeal the Second Amendment. That's the only way it's it, ever going to change. It's uh, Because that seems to be like the holy grail of uh, protection. It's also the third people. rail. Yeah. You know? But it's uh, whatever it takes. It's But that's, um, what, that's the only thing now I think that's going to stop things, is to repeal the Second Amendment, let the states then regulate guns as they each wish. You know? I am for going house tax. This is... I'm going. I am. I am for. I advocate going house to house, taking the guns physically, by force, taking them by force. Every dwelling, every look, uh, cover the comb the world with a flea comb. Every inch, find every gun, put it together in a sack, put it on a rocket, and send it to to the moon. I know. Right? We should not have guns. We should not have guns. <coughs> 
We don't need them. It's a horrible, brutal thing that is doing nothing to advance anything except budgets for militaries. Yeah. It's it's a brutal... Ho- there's no reason There's no reason for us to have guns against each other. There just isn't. No. Not on the personal scale. You know, I meet you with the fucking parking lot and you blow my head off because I took the spot you were waiting for. You know, that kind of gun we shouldn't have. The gun that's going to save those poor Ukrainian people from that fucking psycho... Those guns we need, unfortunately, still. Well, that's that's military. We're, we're talking about civilians owning guns. I don't think it's a good idea. No, I, it's not. I, I am a strong there are plenty of other countries that seem to do just fine without them, you the know? The strongest possible gun control. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it'll never happen. If it didn't happen after Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Yeah. They were six. They were seven. They were captive. They were, they were, it was shooting fish in a barrel. It was a national disgrace that nothing has happened after. It's, it's disgraceful. It's hard. Like I said, the only way it's going to change is by repealing the Second Amendment. It's the only way. It's a shame. That's that's what it's going to take. It, the Second Amendment is by now obsolete in its original intent. It's anyway. an original intent, yeah. It's it, but it, it's no longer being interpreted that way. It's now being interpreted as that the Second Amendment guarantees every citizen, every adult citizen, the right to own a gun, regardless of their past convictions. Or I mean, it, the list of people that the NRA and their and their congressional employees have have done is make it so that you, anybody, they object if you try to keep a gun from somebody who has a restraining order. Yeah. They object to that. I know. The person with the restraining order, his rights are being violated if you say he can't have a gun. So what he does is he gets a gun and he goes and he shoots the woman. And that's not the fault of the people who said he should have a gun. We're protecting liberty to the point of absurdity. It's, it's uh, yeah. You know? It's sort of exactly what it is. And uh, you know what? I'm not a smart person. I don't know much. But this is so plainly clear to me. As clear as the sky is green and the lawn is blue. It's, just, it's that <laughs> clear to me. I know. What do you got for me next? Next, we now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Uh, well, it's day 110. Yes. And it should be warmer by day 110. Yes, it, it should be, but it's definitely not the weather. Really, by day 100, we should start settling into more mild temperatures. Right, you know, more in the high 50s. Things should be able know, to grow. The low the, 60s, maybe. Uh, a daffodil can come out the fucking ground and not be frozen in two days. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just... It should, a tree should be able to bloom. They should expect it. Day 100, I think, is pretty... <laughs> and that's not what's fucking happening. No, it's not. But today, of all days, we are celebrating a plant because today is 420 Day. 420. And for those of you who don't know what 420 refers to... Shame on you. Back in 1971, five high school students in San Rafael, California, would use the term 420 in connection with a plant to search for a legendary abandoned cannabis crop based on some treasure map made by the grower. And uh, they called themselves the Waldos because their typical hangout spot was a wall outside the school. That's lame. And there was five of them. And they designated this statue of Louis Pasteur on the grounds of San Rafael High School as their meeting place and 4.20 p.m. as their meeting time. So they would refer to the plan with the phrase 4.20 Lewis. But after several t- attempts to find the crop, they basically gave up and they just shortened the phrase to 420, which just became then a term to, you know, time to consume some cannabis. See, now, that's one of many stories. 
about the origins of, of well, the became popularized in High Times magazine. They caught someone named Stephen Hager caught wind of it, and he wrote about it in 1991. And then they also think that the story grew because one of the five Waldos uh, ended up working as a roadie for the bass player of the Grateful Dead, Phil Lesh. And so they think it caught on then among the Deadheads, that 420, you know, and that's how it helped to spread, they believe. That's still, I still know it's a different original story. What story do you know? Because this is the story. Okay, well, of course it's the story because you found it on the interwebs and you printed it on your printer. What story you did you put it on hear? your script? I'm dying so to hear the story, you, story. I'm dying to hear the story you heard. That 420 was a police code. Okay. For possession or for use or for marijuana. 420 was the police code. So that was what the police would receive from their, like over their headsets and shit. Like there was a 420. And so it became, that became common usage as the, the usage of marijuana. Uh, and that's how 420 became April 20th. Uh, let's see. Some say, for, all right, yeah, that's, all right. Some say, yeah. Uh, a 420 is a code among police officers for marijuana smoking in progress. Right. So that's how that happened. Okay. Which, uh, although uh, here's debated... A cycle, here's a cycle about myth-busting. Here we go. It's one true origin. And, yeah, they just refer to the story of the five high school kids from uh, California. Or, I'm assuming it's California. The Waldos. The Waldos. But also they have large public observances of the day in Manhattan's Washington Square Park and in Boston, San Francisco, Berkeley, Santa Cruz, Denver, Boulder, Ann Arbor, as well as in Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and in London. So take out the the outside of the United States borders? Yes. Okay, because that's either just chill people letting adults be adults or like fun party time or you know what I mean? It's like, okay, the the the, the, the big events that happened in the cities in the U.S., right. they were college towns? Oh, of course. College Berkeley, town? I mean, come on. Gay. <laughs> You're going to find high population of gay I'm sure. and colleges and both of those things. I'm just observing. I'm just observing. It occurred to me. I'm Thank just, you, anthropologist Thomas Gibbons. It's the podcast. Yes, today's Anthropology Day up in my head. Uh, it may never happen again, but I'm interested in the beginnings of things. There was something a while ago I was interested in, the beginning of. Yes. The, what's the social trend you were looking into? Yes, yes. It was a specific... Uh, oh, adoption in the uh, 20s uh, Adoption among celebrities in between the 20s so and the now you have two, 50s. Now you have two sociological trends to look up now. I'm not looking up shit. <laughs> I'm just saying that. And it's because of you. <laughs> because of me? Yeah, because you brought these issues up to me. Oh, okay. I was worried if I bought enough half and half for the place out in East Islip, and you're bringing up these things about adoptions between the other... All right. <laughs> yeah, I just brought your attention. You're the one who drew out this possible social trend. You are always looking for a reason to blame me. Well, yeah. For something that you did. I don't know what you're talking about. Continue. What's, what, what's next? What's our next topic? Our next segment is... Segment. Turn your head and cough. <coughs> Not turn your head and die. Just cough. That's what you got. <laughs> 
I guess so. And our first topic under this is about an anti-queer health rule that's been scrapped. The Biden administration is preparing to scrap a rule from the Trump era that allowed medical workers to refuse to provide services that conflict with their religious or moral oh, beliefs. Oh, for fuck's sake. A spokesman for the Department of Health and Human Services confirmed that the policy change is underway, saying, Health and Human Services has made clear through the unified regulatory agenda that we are in the rulemaking process. So, yeah, so basically that, yeah, they're going to get rid of this rule that allowed people to discriminate against gay people. I don't want to do that. I don't want to... Per- I didn't even know there was a rule. I don't want to perform this procedure on that person because that person is gay, black, Jewish, Asian, whatever you know, it is. Of course, whatever happened to the Hippocratic Oath? Well... <sighs> Does everybody take the Hippocratic Oath? All doctors do. I doctors. Mean, it's, it's not like it's a legally binding thing. Of course but it's you not. Take but it is oath. ethically, and it's something that has been in historically. The same way as a lawyer, I, made a, I make a pledge to uphold the laws of New York State. Which blah, blah, used blah, to be blah, taken you know? very seriously. Exactly. Um, do nurses? I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. But doctors definitely take a Hippocratic Oath. Because, let's face it, nurses is where the action is. Nurses is hands-on day-to-day. You know what I mean? This is who's going to complain. Yeah, if you can't do the job, the job... But that... Isn't that now the role of the professional, the the professional agencies that 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 describe of this, <coughs> the, the the medical doctors association? Isn't it isn't it the the job of those people who grant the awards and grant the scholarships and diplomas and you know the people who the, the standard of the industry to say no, the industry demands that you do certain things. Yeah. And you have to do them no matter who walks in the door. And that's just the, that's just the job. I know. And if you want the job, then you're going to have to do this. Or, or, that's or, the way it should or, be. Or go do another job. That's the way it should be, but like I said, we're in a different world now. I don't know. It just... But it, it's, at like, least the Biden administration rescinded this rule that allowed people to make these kind of objections to treatment. You know, to who people are treating those people? people? Fucking, who else would they be? I, I know, but like... You know who these people are. I know who they are, but but are they supported by any professional group or association that that supports them? And I have no idea. Probably That's not. Probably not. Not any respectable one anyway. You know? It's just, it's, it just seems to me it's industry standard. I know. It should be, but... Anyway, we're now going to move on to the hot health topic that's being discussed this week. What's that? Testicle tanning. T- Oh, I saw some. I, I <laughs> what happened was chief white nationalist for pro- the Fox Propaganda Network, uh, Tucker Carlson. He has a, uh, a documentary coming up on men and their falling testosterone levels. I think we're gonna watch this. Okay. Well, anyway, in a clip that he showed from this documentary, okay. he has on alleged, I say alleged, alleged fitness expert Andrew McGovern. Should I know who that is? Uh, I never heard of him before. Go ahead. But he came on as a fitness professional. Okay. And he was extolling uh, what he called red light therapy. Red light therapy. therapy. Which basically is using infrared light on your testicles. Okay. To increase testosterone levels. He considered this part of bromeopathic therapy. Okay. So, <laughs> you can help. <laughs> Bromeopathic? Bromeopathic. That's exactly what he said. That is so funny. And I I had to look that up. And the the word came up in like the urban dictionary. Of course. You know why? Because that's how college kids are explaining to their minds 
what's happening between them and their roommates. Well, it's there was bromeopathic like, the therapy. The phrase I think that was in the dictionary was bromeopathic medicine, which meant hanging out with your guy friends. Oh God! To make you feel better, I, I guess. Can't hanging out with this the bros. Is a term. This so is that was fantastic. So this guy's on bromeopathic therapy. I okay. had to laugh when I read that. All right. So hold on. Hold on. How do you supply the ultraviolet light? Well, I guess you can get a lamp with an infrared light. Uh, infrared. Yep. All right. Or you can just <laughs> go out into the sun. The sun. Right. <laughs> let your balls hang free into the sun. So tan your balls. Yes. Okay. I'm all for it. Well, the only thing is, according to the normal, regular medical establishment, yeah, it don't work. There is no proof no, no connection that this works at all no. to increase testosterone. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> they said the testicles are internal organs, and light does not penetrate more than a few millimeters. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no way that infrared light's going to get your balls to increase testosterone production. It's, it's not going to reach your balls. It's just going to burn your sack. Exactly. Balls are not the sack. And I had to laugh about this because... Three years ago, I read a story, and I tracked it down for this, about actor Josh Brolin. In 2019, he, he posted this on Instagram. Tried this perineum sunning okay. that I've been hearing about, and my suggestion is do not do it as long as I did. My pucker hole is crazy burned, and I was going to spend the day shopping with my family, and instead I'm icing and using aloe and burn creams because of the severity of the pain. I don't know who the fuck thought of this stupid shit, but fuck you nonetheless. Seriously. Alright. <laughs> because back then someone told them that, yes, getting ultraviolet, infrared light on your perineum is going to have health benefits for you. Okay, so can we just take a and second? And that's bullshit. Can I just take a second here and say, <laughs> I remember this. Taint tanning. Taint tanning, I'm going to call that. I remember it. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is, I can, I can, I can picture a couple of ways. In order to be, to get to the point where it's painful and horrible days later, how long were you in what position? <laughs> I know. Were you up there with your ass in the air? Well, what I'm saying, are you on your back with your knees full over to your head? In which case. Everything's going to burn. Or were you on your stomach, like, with maybe, like, pillows underneath your hips and, like... But even then, unless you have no ass, like, no ass cheeks. But, oh, my God, that's, like, the most thinnest, most sensitive skin area probably on your body. Yeah, I'm going to go out and get my ass And you're going to expose that to the sun yeah. for an extended period of time or infrared light? Actually, the taint, I don't think, is, like, the skin there is not more sensitive than the skin no, on your feet. No, but it's very thin there, though, too. It, yeah, but certainly on the asshole, like, that first layer of skin on the actual asshole, uh, yeah... You gonna burn that? I mean, I've sunbathed nude. Even I cover up my balls and dick for God's sake. I mean, your balls, I don't. Your balls, I don't think is like a dangerous. It's gonna be uncomfortable if you burn them. But you're a dick, and now you know your asshole. You have to work really hard to expose it to the sun. Yeah, without cheek shadow, right? So you gotta work. You gotta do something. You gotta put the effort in to get the sun on your asshole. Yeah, all to raise your testosterone levels. And why is that so important? I mean, I'm, now I'm seeing on. I was watching with CNN News or whatever, or with some other channel, and commercials now for. Testosterone supplements. Uh, the medical commercials on TV are ridiculous. It's like, number one, it is natural that as you get older, 
your testosterone levels decrease. That's right. Now, yes, it is true that testosterone levels in men are inexplicably decreasing, I guess, at a more than normal rate. But as someone said, is that such a bad thing that we have maybe less aggression in the world if our testosterone levels are getting decreased? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? We don't need all the testosterone. Right? Let's take a seat. Right? Exactly. I, I, I'm, I, I want some ovarian opinions. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do that first. Uh, yeah. So yeah. the bottom line is do not tan your testicles. Don't tan your testicles. Do no. not tan your perineum. Do yeah. not Expose your that area of your body to the sun. I want or to any infrared light. I want our customers to understand that you are not mocking them by saying that they might could do this. <laughs> okay, that they would even think about doing this because I know the couple of people who I know who have told me that they have listened to the podcast. Uh-huh. I really don't want the image of them tanning their their taints. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't tan your taints. Don't do well, Don't tan your asshole. It's just stupid. It's just you don't have to put that work in. No, it's so stupid. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Doesn't get much more stupid. Than I mean, that. if it's a kink thing, then I'm all for it. If it, you know, if it's like a, if you want, if you want to feel the pain, yeah, if, if you're that's masochistic, kind of, that's what you're into. Good for you. Then yeah, but hold your knees behind your head, honey. But, tan oh that hole. God, I'm all geez. for that. Yeah, go put some Tabasco on it. <laughs> You know, use some Frank's hot sauce as lube. I'm all, I'm all for that. But if you're trying to gain your testosterone, you're just stupid. <laughs> you're just stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Stupid. We now move on to our next segment, in which we take a look into my briefs. <coughs> no, the cough was for the last segment. Yeah, that was again. <laughs> but anyway, our first topic under this segment takes place in Arizona. There is now a bill which would prohibit a school, political division, or the government from, quote, usurping the fundamental right, close quote, of a parent in raising their children. Stop. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Okay. Aren't they trying to take that same fundamental right away from their children when they're telling doctors and all the people that they shouldn't treat trans kids? Yes, I would think so. But let's not even get into that right now. Let's get into what this says. Go ahead. What this is going to allow to happen is a parent can now bring a civil suit against any government entity or official, which includes teachers, that violates the Parents' Bill of Rights in Arizona law. It also gives parents the rights to all written or electronic records from school about their child, including a student's counseling records, and requires schools to notify parents before any kind of survey is conducted of students. The, the, cause, the catalyst for this bill was a student survey that was given out that included, quote-unquote, inappropriate questions. Because it had questions about sexual identity and bullying, because it was trying to uncover any mental health issues during the pandemic. So that's what brought about this bill in the first place. But yeah, what it says is that the government, blah, 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 shall not interfere with or usurp the fundamental right of parents to direct the upbringing, education, health care, and mental health of their children. A parent may bring suit against a government entity or official based on any uh, violation of the statutory rights set forth or that usurps the fundamental rights of parents to direct the upbringing, education, health care, and mental health of the child. The burden of proof is on the school 
to prove that they had a compelling interest in doing whatever their alleged violation is. Each violation can be fined up to $500. Parents can also object to any learning material or activity that they deem to be harmful and may withdraw their children from the activity or from the class or program in which the material is used. Objection to any learning material or activity on the basis that it's harmful includes objections because it questions beliefs or practices in sex, morality, or religion. Can I ask a question? You sure can. Does this mean that all the other kids don't get to have that class? No, what it what it means is that she can come down and say, I don't want my parent, kid in that class. Right. Does that class still get taught? And her kid gets taken out, but the class still gets taught. But her kid don't have to sit in on those lessons. Or more than likely they'll have the material taken out of the class. Because the parent will probably make a complaint or whatever. The school will look at it and say, Yes, we agree with you, this is objectionable material. Therefore, we're going to remove it from the classroom. That's different from what I'm saying. From what I'm asking, I'm saying that if the school is, if if part of the curriculum is objectionable, part of the agreed curriculum, this is what we're going to teach. The school system, the public school system, as a group in this community, has decided this is what we're going to teach. Right. Okay. Teachers, administrators, parents. So now she comes along and says, "I don't want my son in that class. I don't want my son studying that material." Right. Okay. So she she says. I'm going to take my son out of that class. Or, you know, no, what they're going to do is they're going to bring a lawsuit now against the school and against the teacher for teaching this objectionable material. See, in which case, in, in which case the school district, having established it as the curriculum, should support the teacher. You would think. Okay? And so that should be, the, that should be their defense, is that this is our curriculum. We stated it. This is what, it, if you want to take him out, take him out. The fuck? Everybody else gets to take the class. While we're doing this lesson, your kid can go somewhere else. Yeah. You would think. He can go sit with the office. He can go, you know, whatever it is. Sell tickets. Do whatever kids without. Yeah. No. Unless they're saying everybody else can do it, but I don't want my kid to do it. They should, uh... This is just another example of the whitewashing of education in America. That no one's going to teach anything that may be deemed objectionable. If and it's not objectionable, it's not worth teaching. No kidding. You have to teach. You have to objects. challenge people to think, you know? And they don't want to challenge people to think. They just want people to learn by rote and accept that this is the word and this is the law well, that's and the that's thing. it and don't question it. You, you're, you, they've, they've recognized probably long ago that an ignorant public is easy to manipulate and control, okay? So now what's happened is they have made being ignorant a personality plus. Yep, that's what it's come down to. And the anti-education thing, I remember when we used to think that that education was a good thing in the small no, people. No, but not among the conservatives. Conservatives are anti-intellectual. Now it's don't learn anything. Don't, yeah. we don't, don't become among those East Coast elites, right, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Those are the same people who go to Spain and wonder why everybody don't speak English. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, what else do I have here in my briefs? Ah, yes! I knew you'd find it. I knew I'd find it. In the first three months of this year alone, 238 bills limiting the rights of queer people and mostly trans people were filed in all 50 state legislatures. Yep. That's according to an NBC News analysis of data supplied by the American Civil Liberties Union and the uh, queer advocacy group Freedom for All Americans. 154 of those bills were aimed at trans people. 
2021 saw a total of 191 such bills being filed. So this is 238 in the first three months of this year. Well, That's they're, unbelievable. They're, they're winning. Well, the slate of legislation includes measures that would restrict queer issues in school curriculums, yeah, yeah, yeah. permit religious exemptions to discriminate against queer people, yeah. and limit trans people's ability to play sports, use bathrooms that correspond with their gender identity, and receiving gender-affirming health care. Proponents of these bills, of course, said that they're about protecting children and parental rights and religious freedom, or a combination of any of them, and everyone else knows this is all just discriminatory bullshit. It's about scoring points at your political bases. It's you know? Just, you know what the problem is? The political bases. Who are these people? Well, it was before in this episode, I remember. You said something about the right wing objecting to medical intrusion from the state. Right. And here it is. The right wing now endorsing the medical intrusion of the state. Of the state. Yep. In gender affirming medical care for for trans children. Once I recognize that sort of hypocrisy, I'm done with you. Like you have no value to me anymore. You you you've completely well, that, that went back years ago when they kept on saying they're pro-life, but they're still pro-death penalty, too. Uh, yes. Or, <laughs> you know, they're not pro-life, they're pro-birth. And it's yeah. a very, very different story. Yes, Because if is. you're pro-life, you're going to take care of that kid from the moment it emerges from that uterine hell into the earth uh, until it dies. Yeah. So it's not pro-life. Don't fuck with me about pro-life. It's pro-birth, bitches. Well, with all these laws being proposed, a survey was taken by the Public Religion Research Institute, which found that nearly 8 in 10 Americans support laws that protect queer people from discrimination in jobs, housing, and public accommodations. They also found that 70% of Americans support same-sex marriage, and that's up from 54% in 2014. That's because a couple of gay people got married and everybody realized, hey, you know what? They take care of their lawn. Yep. Their house looks good. And, well, also, there was a survey done by the Trevor Project, which is a queer youth suicide prevention group. group. I love that group. And they surveyed about nearly about 35,000 queer youth, and they found a 42% and over half of the trans and non-binary uh, young seriously considered suicide within the prior year. Yeah, well... Two-thirds of queer youth said that the debate about anti-trans religion has impacted their mental health negatively. But there is, believe it or not, with all this bullshit, there are there have been some wins. In Arizona, a Republican state senator broke with his party and blocked legislation that would have banned gender-affirming medical care for transgender youth. Well, can I go for him? In Utah, the governor said he's going to veto legislation that would ban transgender student-athletes from competing in girls' sports. Okay, Good for him. Yeah, but more than likely that's going to probably be overridden by veto, which would surprise which, me. Sometimes it's easy to appear brave. Right. You know it's not going to happen. In Idaho, a bill was stopped that would have made it a criminal offense for parents to allow their children to receive gender-affirming care. Which just at least is consistent with the other medical thing that I was talking about before. Right. And in Kansas, the Democratic governor vetoed a proposed ban on transgender athletes in girls and women's sports. It always amazes me how they only ban from girls and women's sports, never from boys and men's sports. Yeah. Well, they figured that, that, that... Oh, because they're girls. A woman transitioning is not going to have an unfair advantage over the men. And I, that's bullshit. That's such bullshit. They're taking testosterone medication. They're, you know, they're... 
being given testosterone that in levels that you may or may not. Uh, I know. Stop it's, it with this. It's, I know. It's, it's bullshit is what it is. Anyway, we now move on to the week in fascism. Okay. And it has been a hell of a week. Fascism, you know, it's, it's, it's all over the news. It's a big thing now. Well, it's really big. But first, we have an update. Okay, updates. I love updates. On, I think it was the last episode we reported the story of an arson in, on, in Brooklyn of a gay bar. I have no memory of that. Well, there was, and okay. an arrest was made. Okay. Uh, this past week, they arrested a 24, 26-year-old man named John Lota, L-H-O-T-A, okay. in connection with the April 3rd arson. What did they find out from John? Well, basically, they, they, they saw security video, and they saw him buying a red gas canister, and filling it with gas on the evening of April 3rd. He brought it to the club called Rash, and uh, he basically dumped the fuel inside the bar, and then he ignited the fuel with a lighter, starting a blaze. Two employees were badly injured and required hospitalization, and the fire also caused hundreds of thousands of dollars in damages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He now faces a minimum of seven years and a maximum of 40 years of found guilty. Oh, that's... Well, it's a stupid thing to do. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, he should get... He, they should prosecute that fullest extent. Yep. And just as a side note, Rash is a horrible name for a gay boy. I know, right? Yeah, horrible. I'm not crazy about that name either. Horrible. <laughs> I uh, do better. Hi, so when you talk about 80s, fantasize of owning a club, I would call it slime. And the line would be, who's on in to slime? Who's on in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like pus. Oh, that to, sounds gross. Come to pus on Thursdays <laughs> karaoke and free apps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, we now move on to our next state on our weekend fascism, the state of Florida. Oh, it's going. Florida always- has been busy this week. Florida, God bless Florida. First, last Friday, it announced that it rejected 54 out of 132 math textbook submissions. I'm all for this. Because they did not adhere to Florida's new standards or contain prohibited topics. The list of rejected books made up approximately... 41% of book submissions, which is the most in Florida's history. Now, hold on. Can I ask a few questions? You keep putting your hand up, but I have a few questions as you go along. Okay. What in a math textbook is is offensive? We don't know. The reasons given for rejecting the textbook says that they include references to critical race theory, inclusions of common core, and the unsolicited addition of Social emotional learning in mathematics. In math, in the math textbooks. Yes, but no list of re- no list of books has been supplied to the news organizations. They just no do- other reasons or the examples that they cited for the reasons for rejecting the books. Okay, so they're just saying we object to forty two books. Yes, we're not going to tell you which books. Yes. We're not going to give you examples of why we're objecting, but we're objecting. Yep. And we don't want those books. And based on the fact that we don't want those books, don't buy their books. Yeah. And no, I'm not going to tell you what books. Right? And no, I'm not going to tell you why. But don't buy them books. Fuck, go fuck yourself. It's going to get worse next month because next book, next month they have to review these social studies Oh, that's going to be whole, Oh. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? For fuck's sake. Math. 
This is over math. And let me say That's something. I mean, how is critical race theory referencing in, in math. a math book? I, I really want to see that. I, 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 I don't object to this because I hate math textbooks. Nothing in my life, made, except for my mother, made me feel worse about myself. Than a math textbook. So fuck math textbooks. I was terrible at math. I was Math was always my worst subject in school. I can't imagine, except for the very material itself, it being offensive in any way. It's math. Algebra offends me, but it's math. It's math. Uh, you know, You know. I don't know if, if, if physics... Maybe it gets to that far. Maybe it gets to like... Well, I laugh when I said the inclusions of Common Core. Are you familiar with Common Core? I know what Common Core is meant to be. It's the whole... Instead of the way we learned math, which was the whole part memorization, part yeah. of the thing, you know, carry the one over into this. Right, unit, right, right, right. You know, round common, everything up, round it down. Common Core brought it more down where you're analyzing the actual process of how you're doing I it like stuff. it better that way. I, I didn't, never really understood it. But I never, I said, I, I didn't learn that way either. This is the way they were teaching. But that's being rejected now in Florida also. Well, yeah, because it's state-induced. And then I was wondering, what is this social-emotional learning that they're referring to that's in math, these mathematic books? That is a teaching framework aimed at, quote, helping young people and adults acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals, feel show empathy for others, and establish and maintain supportive relationships and make responsible and caring decisions. Now, let me tell you this. In other words, this was a teaching framework that has been used, especially because of the COVID pandemic. Yeah, when they need it the most. Exactly. I would tan my taint for the opportunity for that sort of educational intent. Right. That, some, that this is their point, is to do this for their students, is to give their students this. I, I, I think everybody would benefit from that. I know. Of course they would. Okay. But nothing? Okay. Well, that's only the, that's only the first thing that Flora has done. To, you are uh, making me more and more a misanthrope. Oh, don't worry. It's going to get worse. On Tuesday, Governor Ron DeSantis... Oh, I hate this guy. Signed a bill that now makes it harder for faculty at state universities to retain tenure, saying this is another way to prevent educators from, from, from bringing their political views into the classroom. Under this law, every five years, tenured faculty would be required to go before the university's board of trustees, and then which could then part ways with them. It also took on the accreditation agencies, oh saying God. that the state universities must switch the accreditors after every cycle. What's a cycle? I I'm not sure, I don't know what the cycle is for that for the state accreditation. So, but they have to use different ones because this way they, it's not they're not just you know oh you know we're not just we're just going to overlook things and let you go because you guys use us all the time. That's what they're basically alleging here. This is insanity. This is yeah clearly a way to say every two years you have to use our guys to a credit. Yeah, but and, also this whole idea of you're going to have tenure now up for review. As it is, these that's that's not the point of tenure. That's exactly the opposite. Point First of, of all, the tenure basically guarantees them a right to a hearing in case they're fired for political or other reasons, not having to do with the job. With the actual you know? job. That's really the main the main protection of tenure. I mean, but also, there's this misconception that once these teachers get tenure, that they're less productive. Well, and no. that's bullshit. No, what they, that's what, bullshit. What they what they've realized is that uh, thought is coming out of universities. Education is happening in universities, and it's easy enough to control the education of a, of a kindergartner, of a fifth grader, of a high school student. It's much more difficult to control the education of a college student, because certain colleges are private, and those private institutions can teach 
at their discretion. So what these people are doing, the way they went after the judiciary and installed all their judges all across the land, which is how we got this crazy bitch in Florida saying, take a mask off. Uh, these people now are, are, are realizing that we could, we have to control the education of, of college minds. And so they're going after their, their state colleges and saying, what they're doing is they're, they're completely ruining. All I know is that everything going on, if I was a teacher in Florida, whether it be a public school teacher a college professor. I wouldn't want to teach in Florida anymore. It's just... Why? Uh, they want them all homeschooled and they want this curriculum. I know. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the actual intention using education to keep people ignorant. Yeah, that's what it is. It's diabolical. It'll work. It'll work, too. It'll work. That's the shame of it all. It's it's amazing. All right. Well, we solved that problem. Well, anyway, today the Florida Senate voted to repeal the law that allows Walt Disney World to operate a private government over oh, its properties this. in the state. I love this. This arose because of Disney's opposition to the Don't Say Gay law. So this was the way Governor DeSantis retaliated. Yep. For those who don't who don't know this whole story, and I wasn't even aware of this until this came up. What it was, it's called the Reedy Creek Improvement District. And it was a private government controlled by Disney World. It was set up by the Florida State Legislature in 1967 that allowed Disney to provide government services such as zoning, fire protection, utilities, and infrastructure. It basically uh, gave Disney control over 27,000 acres. Also, the city at the time, Disney was planning on building a futuristic city along with the theme park. But that city never materialized, and instead it morphed into the Epcot Center, that big park. So now they want to revoke this status as retaliation. From what I understand, Florida has these these laws where certain individuals or or industry get to control outside of Florida law. They get to, they get control of their own area. It's just, it, there's a thing. It happens more than once. Oh, Florida. there are other districts like this. Right, I yeah, yeah. And Disney has this one. Yes. This is Disney's special deal with Florida. And I can understand why it was granted. Oh, oh, oh my. You know? It, if if DeSantis makes Disney move out of Florida. Well, that's what's going to happen. I mean, Disney, <laughs> it employs over 60,000 people. It's, it's one of the biggest employers in the state. It, it, it's just, it's the revenue created by Disney. Forget the fact that it's got the most employees or the second most The tourism revenue the alone. The fact that they're flying into your airport and staying in your hotels and driving on your roads and eating at your restaurants means that Disney is supplying this much money. And it's a fuck ton of money. Yeah, right? I'd love to see Alabama get Disney. I, it's, I'd love to see Disney just turn around and say, fuck you to them. You uh, that would be fantastic. Whether that actually happens, it probably can't not. It possibly happen, Patrick. The, the, the infrastructure investment... I didn't think Donald Trump being president could actually happen, but it happened. No. So anything could happen, I yeah, believe. Yeah, but uh, uh, Disney clearly is is being controlled by... Money. <laughs> well, well, by money. Money. Money, yeah. Money talks. You know, yeah. bullshit wars. But but Disney seems to be on the right side of the social... Well, that's the thing. It's like all these corporations now are basically becoming like the vanguard for social progress in this country. Well, what happened... Which was... is this weird in itself because conservatives... I mean, corporations are, by their nature, conservative entities, you know? Well, what happened was Ronald Reagan. 
he made corporations individuals. And now they have the, the and some corporations are more liberal and more conservative than others. Yes. You know, I still won't go get the fucking delicious lemonade at that fucking chicken place. So, oh, Chick-fil-A. I won't go there. No, neither will I. Okay, but I'll go out my way to deal with the pizzeria who's got the pride flag in their window. Of course. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Definitely. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, to be continued. To be, it's always to be continued. Right? Let's move on to a more light, lighter topic for I, now. I'm begging. I'm We're begging. When we on to, we like to watch. Okay. What did you watch this past week, Thomas? Uh, you know what? You got my head in a specific place right now. And okay. It's take me a second to spin out of that. Uh, what did I watch? I watched... RuPaul? I watched RuPaul. Uh, of course you did. I watched RuPaul. I watched RuPaul Espana. Okay. Uh, I don't understand a fucking word. <laughs> Como es RuPaul Espana? But the... Uh, <laughs> The boys are hot, and I'm sorry, but it is the... We caliente. The, do you know, do you, if I say pit crew to you, do you know what the pit yeah, crew I know, is? Yes. Okay. The pit crew okay. in España, okay. RuPaul España, yes. is really the only reason that that got picked up for a second season. <laughs> they are extraordinary. They are absolutely beautiful. One more beautiful than the next. The, the drag is the drag. The drag is good. The drag, you can, you know, every season has this drag queen and this drag queen and this drag, you know, the right. crazy one and the pretty one and the one who, you know, they all have the, the same, uh, and that's the, and they're good. And they're beautiful. Yeah. The <clears throat> fucking pit crew in España. Dear God. Dear God. <laughs> you know, it's, it's proof of the existence of God. Oh, good to know. They are <laughs> unbelievably beautiful. One. More beautiful than the next. You know what I've been listening to podcast? Amityville Horror. Really? The oh DeFe- my god! The DeFeo thing. Okay, yeah, the DeFeo house in Amityville. Fucking crazy. For those of you who are not familiar with the Amityville Horror, it you're is a twelve. House, go to bed. It is a house in the town of Amityville on Long Island in New York, where back I believe in the seventies a murder happened where a man named Ronald DeFeo Junior. Junior. Murdered his entire family. Six people. And at at one point he was claiming that he was possessed by the devil or whatever, by evil spirits, something like that. There was a a, a mafia connection. His father was connected or whatever. whatever, So he killed six people. And the house is sold then to this other family. Who come in. Who then move in and then they supposedly run out of the house sometime after. It's within months. Yes, because of the... House is haunted. The house is haunted. Yes, seriously haunted. They have a priest come in who runs out screaming. Um, According to them, yeah, yeah. It's on Ocean Avenue in in fucking Avenueville. I can't remember the exact uh, house address. They've changed. They the actually. Look of the they, house. I think they moved the house. They turned it. No, so it's no longer facing the same way. No, well, uh, the house faces weird on the property. Yeah. It faced to the side. And there's no longer an address number on it. And the the iconic wi- half windows or corner yeah, windows, you know, yeah. those are changed. Yeah. The house, when you look at the movie of Amityville Horror, which is a good fucking movie. It's a scary oh, the movie. The movie's scary. I didn't see the movie. I read the book. The book's scary. The, the book is scary. Me. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Jody the Pig. Oh, my God. You know? Um, the house, <laughs> as it appears in the movie, is on a much bigger plot. Than it's actually on. Yes. 
It's really because it goes right to the water. It basically. goes right, which this one did with, yeah. in the movie. It went right to the water. Yeah. but it, it looked like it was eight. But it looked feet like it was huge. Feet wide. It looked like a huge estate. It's yeah. not that big. Forty feet wide. Yeah, top. it's not that big. Feet wide. Yeah, uh, all the way down to the water. But but the the chimney with the two half or quarter windows faced the road. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But not anymore. Uh, really, I have to go by there. I lived in Amityville at one point, and I paid well, rent five doors down from that house. For two years, from 16 to 18, I worked at a factory over here in Farmingdale. And the one supervisor who, who worked there lived across the street from the Amityville Horror House. All right. He said, absolutely nothing ever, ever happened there. Nothing. He goes, yes, the murders happened. The murders happened. But he goes, sure. none of this other stuff, as far as I'm concerned... Never happened. The flies, the yeah, and even they kind of admitted afterwards that yeah, they may have stretched the truth a what bit. What was you the know? name of that family? That the, uh, the, the Kurtzes or I can't remember. Shall we look it up? Um, it, they were played by Margot Kidder. Yeah, and Jane and uh, James Brolin. And James Brolin was he the one who taint who who tanned his taint? No, no, that's his son, Josh Brolin. Josh tanned. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's James 19, Brolin married Barbara. The 1979 film. What was the name of the... F- Lutzes. The Lutzes. The Lutzes. It George was a, and Kathy Lutz and their little kids. It was a good movie. It was scary. Yeah, the movie was scary. That movie was scary. The remake kind of sucked, but it had Ryan Reynolds with his shirt off, so yeah. who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are times you just... You know, you'll 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 just you'll put up with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is just... Go ahead. Yeah. Because I... I'll move on to what I watched this week. Okay, good. First, I watched Saturday Night Live this weekend. Okay, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live since the 80s. I've been watching because it's... Or it, and we, we finished watching a movie, whatever we're watching. I'm like, all right, let's watch Saturday Night Live. Have you been satisfied like that? It's it's very hit and miss, the show. Right. Really, it's not... It, it, I mean, the show was never always a laugh and riot, you know, minute every night. It never was. And there are times there... There are some episodes I'm like, wow, these the writers really phoned it in this week, you uh, know? This week was a good episode. Lizzo was the guest host and performer. Okay. She was great. All right. She was great as the host. She was great in the, in the sketches that she they had her in. She was great. I'm not really familiar with her music that much, but she performed two of her numbers. She was excellent. Okay. It was, it was nice to see that. You could tell what the kind kids. of sketches did they do? There was a game show one. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. But they were really. She was really, really, really good. Did they take on anything like? I imagine the week before they took on the slap. I don't remember. They probably did. The, yeah. You know what? Okay, so Lizzo was good, huh? Yeah, she really was good. I was really impressed with how good she was. Was she show. funny? Yes, very funny. And so you know, self-deprecating to a point because she's very, very, very self-affirming of herself. You okay. know, which I think is great. You know. Sure. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Nobody else is going to affirm you, bitch. You yeah. might as well affirm yourself. Exactly. When you find out how to do that, could you text me or email me at TinyGibbons at Grumpy You'll Get... Never mind. <laughs> anyway, so we watched that, and then on Monday, we watched the new Batman movie. So. Yes. Tell me. Yes. Batman movie. Wow. Really? I was really impressed with this movie. Really? Yeah. First of all, it is not your typical DC Comics or Marvel superhero movie. How? It is not super. It's not Batman fighting just fighting all these. 
It's not all the action sequences. It's not okay. all the fight sequences. Okay. It's not fighting all these fantastic villains. Okay. This is done more like a crime thriller. Okay. The Riddler is a serial killer in this. Okay. The Penguin is not oh. even... He's not. He's really a nobody. He's like a henchman, basically, in this other mob run by this guy, guy named Falcone. So he's not even the arch-criminal that we know him as yet. Catwoman is a cat burglar, of course. All right, right, right. Um, right. That was a dove. That's a dove, of course. But it, and Batman, it, it's played by Robert Pattinson. He does an excellent job. Now, correct you know? me if I'm wrong. Yes. But he's beautiful. Yes, he is. He does not look beautiful in this, I can tell you that. Why? His face, he has like these dark circles under his eyes. So who you is can, Batman? Batman in this, he's basically, he's two years in to being Batman at this okay. point. Okay. The police don't trust him at all. He's really hated by the police, except by Lieutenant Jim Gordon, who's played by Jeffrey Wright. The public doesn't trust him. You know, they just think he's another criminal out there. Of course, he wears a mask. Yeah, exactly. And he's very young. He makes mistakes. He doesn't have all the equipment and the gadgets that we know Batman for. Is Is there a Robin? No, there's no Robin. Jesus, when does he meet Robin? From what I've been reading afterwards, they are talking about bringing Robin into... Because they're going to do two more movies in this universe, of this b- b- particular universe. Now, whose universe is this? <clears throat> this is an alternate universe. Who's paying for it? Is it Disney? Is it- I don't know who the studio is behind it. Okay. Who's the, who's, do you know who the director is? The director is a guy named Matt Reeves. Will he be directing all three? I believe he's signed right now to direct. That's what I've read, that he's supposed to direct the other two. Will Bobby Pat be in all three? Robert Pattinson will be in all three of them, I assume, yes. Okay. This is but it's a great cast. The cast, uh, who's all in the cast? Zoe Kravitz plays um, Selena Kyle, who's Catwoman. Jeffrey Wright plays Lieutenant Jim Gordon. He's not commissioner yet. I love Jeffrey Wright. Colin Farrell plays the Penguin. Oh, and Jesus. you will not recognize Colin Farrell at all. I asked Stephen during the movie, do you know who that is? He had no clue. He's one of my top five in the next, oh, uh, he's, in the next segment. Mm, he's a honey, oh, I, I Colin him. Farrell. I adore him. Paul Dano plays the Riddler. Okay. Uh, John Turturro plays this, the head of the gang that's mobster uh, named uh, Falcone. Isn't he the new guy who's in everything? Who? John, John Turturro? Turturro? He's been in a lot lately, yeah. He's in a lot. He's been in a lot lately. He's gotten a lot of fucking good jobs. Right? And Andy Serkis is in it, and he's playing Alfred, the butler. Okay. Yeah. Unless you pick a butler to me like John Gilgood. Okay. I don't want to see you a butler. John Gilgood is the butler in author. That's the butler. That's the guy. Do you know what I mean? Well, there's always been an Alfred the Butler. Oh, there <clears throat> should be an Alfred. I mean, I grew up with, what's his name? I can't remember his name on the on the series for so long. On the oh, TV oh, series. On, on the Batman TV series. I would not. I'm not so then when I first, for me, the first Batman movie that I saw in the theater was, of course, a Michael Keaton one. Okay. And of course, it was a whole different man. I'm like, that doesn't look anything like the Alfred I know. See, now, here's the <laughs> I was never really into superheroes. And well, that. Batman was always my favorite. That uh, whole ba- Batman and Spider Man. Right? No, to me it was yeah. Batman was always my favorite. I can get into Batman and Spider Man. Super Superman is a little too preachy. Always was the the whole thing about Fantastic Four. Uh, those four kids who I was talking about last week who were around me all the time. They had a Fantastic Four, and, and I was like the fifth. So it was like my, I remember my mother saying, "Well, can't they have the Fabulous Five? And I was like, "Bitch." <laughs> No. Well, like I said, this is not like the other superhero movies okay. that we've seen. It's, it's darker. Is it endorsed by? 
And what do you mean endorsed by who? Who created Batman? Is it endorsed by the guy who created Batman? I don't Batman? know. I didn't look into all the legal documents involved uh, in this. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't important to you me. You get like that. The important thing is, it's a good movie. The ending, it seemed like they tagged it on because they felt like they needed to have a big world-saving moment to happen, which they really didn't need to do, I thought. All right. But they did it. It was okay. Does it lead you into Act Two? To this, this well, there's movie? already a setup. You can see, like, when the because they have Riddler in the sanitarium, and he's talking to some unknown guy that we can't see. And I'm already Where? thinking that's probably the Joker. Right, They're right, gonna bring right. the Joker in for this, but we don't know what yet. A but my biggest quibble with this movie. Uh oh. Biggest quibble, and this is a spoiler alert. So whoever's listening, if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want me to, t- you want to hear the spoiler. I mean, I've already said enough about it already. But this is a plot point, and you might want to turn this off for the next minute or two, so I'm going to go on now. In the movie, the Riddler organizes a bunch of followers on the internet to basically take part in this whole big event at the end of the movie. So this is Batman for today's world? Yes. That's a new twist? It takes place, yeah, with with the internet. But you don't hear this mention that they discover this until events the the event starts happening. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Batman at this point doesn't have the resources that he you we all picture him with the whole computer in the back cave and all that. And the tool there's belt. none of that. Yeah, there's none of that. Batman doesn't have those resources at this point. What's he using? He's not. It's the police department, because they're the ones who notify who say Oh, the Riddler's been online organizing these followers. Batman, go get him. Well, didn't the police like, have anyone looking on the internet, right, tracking right, any right. nefarious activity? Right, right. I was like, that really bugged me. It's like, why did you mention that? But you didn't do any kind of like, that's the only way you addressed it. You just want to skip along on okay, that? Okay. That kind of annoyed me okay. a bit. It's like, come on. It leaves room for improvement, though. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if you're going to use the internet, if you're going to use the internet in your plot line like that, you know, make it plausible, all right? All right. But otherwise, I highly recommend this movie. Any nudity? What? Any nudity. None. None worth remembering. Maybe Robert Pattinson with his shirt off. Well, that's okay. He's not all that built up in this. I mean, we're used to all this, the guys playing yeah, yeah. superheroes yeah, yeah. have torsos out to here. Right, right. He doesn't look that way. Okay. This Batman gets injured and beaten up and bruised a lot. Okay. He really does. Interesting. It's, you should know, it's the movie is three hours long. Oh, dear. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, oh, boy. Okay. That's not good. It's, you won't get bored. You will not be bored it's during so three hours. It's so interesting to me how, like, Different people do the same story, the Batman story. Like, does this fit in with the other Batman stories? Because I remember Batman where you saw his backstory with his parents getting killed in the in the alleyway. Right. Well, this and, we don't go. They don't go into that. It's acknowledged that that his parents were killed, but that story also becomes part of a later plot line in. Batman slash Bruce Wayne's uh, path of discovery about himself and his family. In this new iteration. Yes, because how and why he died becomes a plot. It becomes part of the plot. It becomes part of the story. Okay, so... Okay. But there's no reenactment of it or anything like that, of the parents dying or anything like all that. Right. They don't go into that. There's no need to. How many times... We all know that story. It's so... But that's what I'm saying is that... All of these, all of these movie franchises pick up at a different point in his life. Yes, and they portray a different point in his life, and 
it becomes for me. This to me is a portrait of the Batman as a young man. That's what it is to me. You you got to get James Joyce in there any way you can. <laughs> I love my James Joyce. Um, it just seems it just seems like like it's interesting how how they all pick up someone and do they in any way connect to each other? Yes, they do. Well, we don't know that yet. Right now, they're saying this is an alternate universe to the universe being portrayed in the regular DC films. Okay. So the Ben Affleck Batman, that's a whole different universe from the Robert Pattinson Batman. Is 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 the Ben uh, Affleck. Affleck Batman the same as the Michael... Who was he? You saw the same... You said his name before. Michael who? Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. He was the Batman. Right. Is that uh, the same as the Ben Affleck Batman? No, it's probably separate also. That's, that's what I'm separate. saying. Because DC... When all these movies like started up in the past 10, 10 or so years, that's when they decided, like, all right, these movies are all going to take place within this universe. So when they had the first Batman movie or the first Superman movie, those were all on a plotted agenda, the same way they did with the Marvel movies. All those movies were all plotted out to take place within that universe. But now they're exploring all these alternate universes now. Okay. In Marvel, it's called the multiverse. All right. So that's a whole... of. They're going to keep going and going with these superheroes. Well, well, but it's interesting how you can take that character and apply it to all of these different interpretations. Yes. That's that, what I like. This is, like I said, this is not your typical superhero. It's a crime thriller. That, that That's fascinates what this is. me. And I'm wondering about things like Spider-Man. Because, like, Spider-Man to me has these different iterations, too. Yes. Is the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man the same as the... Who was the next guy? Andrew Garfield. And then, what's his name now? That, that's what I'm saying. I, like, I, right I, I have asked the question, which of these, which? Those are in, they're in different universes. But, but because they just brought, spoiler alert, in the latest Spider-Man movie, they brought all three of those Spider-Men together. Oh. Yeah. All three of them came together. How and why? You'll have to see the movie. No, no, don't do that. Yes, I'm not going into this now. It's going to take too long to explain, and I don't have the time or the breath. Hold on, hold on. Are they the same Spider-Man at different stages of life? They are different Spider-Men from different universes. So, in other words, oh, the different universes thing changes things. Yes. Because I was going to say, so there were three guys who got bit by the radio. No, no, these are all from different universes. But it's not. It's one guy who got bit, and then in the other verse, in the other universe, he got bit, and this is what happened and in the other universe well they all became spider-man in different ways one got bit by a radioactive spider that's the story yeah yeah anything if he didn't get bit by radioactive spider he's not like the current spider-man that didn't happen he uses he uses like the spider webs don't come out of his arms that he uses mechanical devices yeah no that's like spider-man spider-man cosplay It's fucked up. No, Spider-Man is Spider-Man because he got bit by the fucking spider. Okay. The end. All right. Until I'm dead, which should be soon. <laughs> we now move on to our next topic. How many more topics are there? Uh, not too many more. We're Good. getting near the end. Oh, yeah, I'm getting tired. How many hours? We are now at oh, people, people saying, saying stupid things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fun. Well, we got two this week. Good. Last Wednesday... Lawmakers in Tennessee were discussing a bill that would punish homelessness, threatening penalties against people who camp on local public property, including in parks. During a discussion of the bill, State Senator Frank Nicely spoke in defense of the bill. Quote, 
I haven't given y'all a history lesson in a while, and I want to give you a little history on homelessness. 1910, Hitler decided to live on the streets for a while. So for two years, Hitler lived on the streets and practiced his oratory and his body language and how to connect with the masses, and then went on to lead a life that got him in the history books. So it's not a dead end. They can come out of this, these homeless camps and live a productive life, or in Hitler's case, an unproductive life. Hold on. <laughs> So this idiot <laughs> is not exactly saying that homeless people are Nazis. No. But that some Nazis were homeless people. Well, Hitler was at one point when he was in Vienna as a student. I think he lived in a homeless shelter for a short time. Which hardly makes him homeless. All right. I can't. I can't. It's just. But to hold up Hitler as a virtue for the homeless life. That's what I'm saying. That is so twisted. Hitler, Hitler was homeless. <laughs> so that the guy homeless in Tennessee over here, who probably, let's be honest, wouldn't be able to identify when Hitler happened. <laughs> you're, you're putting him, comparing him to, give this guy a bed somewhere. Right, I know. It's just... He's homeless, he's not a Nazi. He may have it. He may have. He he probably has some sort of problem that needs to be dealt with. Okay, or maybe he just don't have the fucking money. Well, this guy's basically saying, "Well, if Adolf Hitler can pick himself up by the bootstraps, then so, so can, can you." you. <laughs> First of all, that's a really you know to go from homeless to Chancellor of Germany <laughs> is not really the that's not the Horatio Alger story we're it's talking not the about. Lead, I still don't know who Horatio Alger is. <laughs> is not the story that you want to tell well they told it in Tennessee oh Jesus Christ yeah well we're going to move on to the second one should we do Tennessee after Alabama what do you mean like should that be the next place we focus on <laughs> maybe Nashville Nashville's got to have some sort of gay I would think anyway back to people saying stupid things are Second nominee for this week is Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Oh, for fuck's sake. This... Oh, God. While he was talking on his podcast, he was complaining about Disney's opposition to Florida's Don't Say Gay Law, which we've already discussed. But this is what he had to say. I think there are people who are misguided trying to drive Disney. Stepping in saying, you know, in every episode now, they're going to have, you know, Mickey and Pluto going at it. Screeching hole? <laughs> Mickey and Pluto going, going at, it. at it. Yes, that's what Disney's going to turn into, according to Ted Cruz. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. First of all, if Mickey is the top, Pluto is going to feel it. And if Pluto is the top, Mickey's going to explode. <laughs> So what you're saying has no... Physics proves it wrong. What the fuck are you thinking? I know. This is... Well, this is Ted Cruz we're talking about. She's telling thinking people... Thinking is not his forte. You have to go through this with me again. Okay? Because this is... Be Where was he? Who was he talking to? He was on his podcast. And he was talking about uh, Disney's opposition to Florida's Don't Say Gay Law. And in defense of the don't say gay law, he said that... Well, in opposition to Disney, this is what he said. 
I think there are people who are misguided trying to drive Disney, stepping in saying, you know, in every episode now, they're going to have, you know, Mickey and Pluto going at it. Wow, every episode. <laughs> Mickey and Pluto are going to go at it. Yeah. In every episode of whatever Disney produces henceforth. First of all, I have to acknowledge your Ted Cruz voice. Thank you. I don't like it. <laughs> See, this is the kind of thing that makes me crazy because it's so stupid. Yeah, yes it is. There's no there's no evidence ever that Mickey and Pluto go at it. But he's saying that because of Disney's opposition, you know, and now Disney's going everything, down this whole path towards degradation now and the whole everything, gay everything's gay at Disney. Everything now. is everything Disney produces is gay. Holy shit. I want to see two princes fall in love. Disney ain't gay. Disney has been colored and affected and created and enhanced and supported you by You know, I gay. remember not too long ago when Disney was not so supportive of its gay employees. I didn't want to bring that up you because know? I'm proud of Disney right because now. Because they would have the gay days down there and stuff, which was great for the gay tourists. But for the gay employees, they weren't always yeah. treated the best about 20 yeah. or so years ago. Yeah, Disney came a long way. Yes, it has, and I give them a lot of credit I for that. I give them credit, too, and I support them now. But this is... Disney is going... On every episode, Mickey and Pluto are going to be going on. <laughs> so you really got stuck on that, huh? God damn! I can't get past <laughs> thousands of images of how that even It's happens. interspecies breeding! It's a mouse and a dog! For the first... Oh, my God! <laughs> to begin with, I've never seen Mickey or Pluto do it or go at it with anybody. Actually, there is a, a cartoon of all the Disney characters going at it. Have okay. you ever seen that? But no. But this is not Disney. show it to you? No. This is not Disney produced, right? You can find it online, Google it, look for Disney orgy collage. Yeah, I don't want to see that. <laughs> okay. All right. It's just <laughs> When when does it come that everybody says okay? Everybody as a group, as a whole, as an America, everybody together says, "Are you out your fucking mind?" And if it ain't Mickey and Pluto going at it in every episode that Disney produces henceforth, <laughs> then I don't know what it's gonna be. I don't know. You're going to let 26 kids get shot in a first grade classroom, and then you're going to let this guy talk about how fucking Disney is... I can't. I know. I can't. We got to end this episode soon. Because I'm I'm so tense, I need medication. Well, we're going to take care of that right now, because we're moving on to a better topic. Oh, God, you promised me that before. Well, we're now moving I'm sitting, on. I'm ready to kill myself well, over here. Well, don't worry. We're going to take care of that. What we're, are we talking about now? We're now going to move on to five faves. Okay. And in honor of 420 Day, our topic was to name our five favorite stoners, are real we, or imagined, uh, or fictional, I should uh, say. Are we making any stipulations? Should we? I I'm asking. You I, you're in control of this. I thing. don't think we need you're any stipulations scared. on this. All right. I mean, it's not like there's any. I mean, yeah, we could say that some are in the pothole of fame and just leave them out if you want. No, but no, do. I won't do that though. Right. I'm gonna go with Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is on my list also. Snoop Dogg. I want to hang. I want to hang out with Snoop Dogg and Martha. Right. What a great what a great pair to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know if she gets high, but she oh, goes. I think she does now. Does she? Yeah. She um, with, yeah with I can't imagine though, yeah. being friends with Snoop Dogg and not, not wanting high, to fucking get on, high. Right? I, you know what it is? He's just so chill. Yeah. He absolutely is like the stoner representative. He's yeah. just calm. He's relaxed. Yep. He, you know, nothing really makes him crazy. He's, I, I just, I, I, yeah, I want to hang out with Snoop. Yeah, I know. Snoop is the man. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. So when it comes to pot smoking, he's a very good representative. Yes, I agree. What else? So, well, I'm just, I had Snoop on my list also, but I'm going to go in the opposite direction and go with the grandfather of potheads, oh. Willie Nelson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, you know what? This is a man who smoked pot on the White House, on top of the White House. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Willie Nelson, man. He was invited there, I think, to perform for Jimmy Carter, I think. And, and he, what I heard is he got high. Went to the rooftop and <laughs> say, got high. Love Shit. Willie. I'm performing Love at the fucking Willie. White House. I'm performing at the White House and I need to be high. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Willie, I'm with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I support you. I applaud you for how you did it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Willie Now, Willie, Willie Nelson to me is the male Dolly Parton. I cannot... Listen to him sing. I can't. I can't. Oh, you gotta, you gotta just do me a favor and split my throat. I can't. I can't. But an interview, Willie Nelson going on about life. He's great. I'm right there. Great. Love I, to hear him talk. Love to Dolly hear him Parton. talk. Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton could do no wrong in my eyes. So but put on a record, and I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> So who's next on your list? All right, hold on. I'm, I'm consulting my list. Oh, you're consulting. I, I have a list. You actually wrote a list down? No. Oh, my God. I was going to say, you almost gave me a heart attack right, there. so we talked about Willie Nelson. Yes, we did. Did we talk about Seth Rogen? No. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson? Matthew McConaughey. We haven't talked about any of those. All right, so... Uh, you, I know what you're doing. You went on Google I went and looked at the list of stoners. famous stoners. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, uh, right you're now, so I'm, bad. I'm looking at Matthew McConaughey. Well, you got to choose w- one right now. Just give me one. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Because it's that whole beacher, that the whole beach sort of... He has that... He, okay, remember when Rosie O'Donnell had a TV show? Yes. He was on the TV show okay. and taught Rosie O'Donnell how to make butt chicken. <laughs> and I thought uh, that was... The best thing I'd ever seen in my life. So much so that I remember how to make butt chicken. Okay? And I knew he was high. I knew he was high. Nobody goes on television and gives the recipe for butt chicken unless you're high. Right. He looks really good without a shirt on. I always remember him from the movie Dazed and Confused. Which I didn't see. Oh, you guys. Oh, we got to watch it together. It's a great movie. Okay. It's about the last day of school in 1976 in this Texas high school. And Matthew McConaughey plays this stoner character. He got left back, so he's still there or whatever. All right. And he's just—he's a great character. He, really, he has this line talking about the young girls. He's like, "I keep getting older, they stay the same." Yeah, yeah, it's so true. <laughs> to me, he is all things Alabama. Yeah, Alabama <laughs> is full of Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Isn't he from Texas? I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's it's from that, Texas. It's that sort of southern good boy. Yeah, that good old boy. Good old boy. Yeah, that. Yeah, I. That's fucking hot. Okay, and that's Alabama. So. 
Ominous names, you already mentioned him, Seth Rogen. Yeah. He has probably more than anyone, I think, popularized cannabis smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but he seems like someone you'd want to smoke Oh, with my God. Too. Like, he just, well, you know... First all, out he's got the best him. pot. Of course he does. Uh, you know, he's he's not smoking the shit weed I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Seth Rogen, and he's funny as fuck. Yes, he is. That helps a lot too. Do you think he's funny when he's high, or is he just oh, like sure he sort of off in the corner? Yeah, he's probably one of the. I think like so many people, they smoke and then they go off in that land sometimes. Yeah. You know? Anyway, who's your next choice? Oh, my next choice. I had ready, and then you you interrupted me by making me pissed off. Oh, no. So, Steven. Okay, I'm going to go. This is why I was wondering whether or not we should we should stipulate Bob Marley. We, no, we don't stipulate to him. I'm going with Bob Marley. Bob Marley, good choice. I'm going with Bob Marley. Gee, a Jamaican who smokes pot, that's so weird. And and, and <laughs> as a religion. Yeah, as a religion, right, Rastafarian? I don't know if he was a Rastafarian. He was a Rastafarian. Yeah? yeah okay, was. I wasn't sure if he was or not. Yeah, he was. I worked on a cruise ship Okay. when I was very young. Yes. And we went to Jamaica. Okay. And Jamaica had an influence on me <laughs> in many ways. Okay. And Marley was one of them. I had never listened to a Marley album before I went. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, it was not, I was eighteen. I you know oh, I, I had never. I would you know it was all to me Diana Ross and Madonna and you know Britney. Oh god! But not Britney. Britney wasn't even. No, born. not then. Uh, Tiffany and you know those people and it was the punk rock. It was David Bowie and it was the Ramones. Yeah. And and it wasn't Marley. And then I went to Jamaica. Anyway. Who just named? You, you just I named. did. Oh. You're, you're next. Oh, okay, I'm next. I have to name them. Cheech and Chong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How could you not name them? I mean, if you've ever seen the movie Up in Smoke, which is like a compilation of some of their comedy routines. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's a, yeah, they're, they are the original comedians of, of marijuana. When I was growing up, my I have four older brothers, much older brothers. Okay. Okay, 16, 15, 14, 13 years older than I am. So they were teenagers when I was born. And when I, when I became old enough to be aware of my surroundings and what was going on, they were old enough to be getting high in the garage. Okay. Okay. So this is the seventies and, and they would go out and, and they were bikers. So they would go out and look at bike parts. Okay. And it wasn't too long before looking at bike parts had a smell. <laughs> so... Um, looking at bike parts became their <laughs> 420. To, right. They would say, you're going in the garage to look at bike parts. <laughs> That's funny. And they had bikes. Yeah. So it was sure. reasonable. You know, two or two of my brothers were like those Holly Davidson denim sort of oh long hair. So, so they would go out to look at, look at bike parts. Yeah. That was fun. It was fun. It was like, you bitches, I know what you're doing. Oh my God. Who's next on your list? Bill Maher. Bill Maher. You know why? Uh, as, as much as Bill Maher annoys me, oh, uh, he's become a dick. He disappoints me, and he, yeah, he is a respect a respected and respectable respectable intellect. Yeah, uh, I guess he's I an intellect. I, I wouldn't call him an intellect. Uh, he he sounds like he's well read. He's not. He. I call him out so much bullshit on, that he says on his show sometimes. Yeah, like, it's on. true. It's so true. I can't, I can't watch him anymore. It's so disappointing. He's, be, he's, be, he's become the old. The, the, he's become the grumpy old man. The grumpy saying, old man. Hey, right. you kids, get off my lawn. Yeah. But I, I'll give him credit for he's a 
big cannabis advocate. If I so yeah. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, and it's four twenty. What? It's four twenty. What do you mean it's four twenty? It's four twenty. So we're talking about the potheads. So right. the fact that he is very supportive of the pothead community. Yes. That we should be recognizing. That's about it, though. Oh, I I agree with you. Yeah. Otherwise, I got no use for him anymore. Uh, but but he is high profile and respectable enough that his pro cannabis stance gains some attention. Yeah. But yes, this is true. This is true. My last choice for favorite stoners is actually, it's a kind of three-way tie. It's director Kevin Smith, who created the characters Jay and Silent Bob. Okay. The funny thing is, like he created those characters before he became a pothead. Okay. He didn't become a pothead well, until... Those characters will make you smoke pot. Well, yeah, because they, they, were, they were pot dealers. Well, exactly. But he didn't become a pothead until he met Seth Rogen while making the movie... Zack and Miri make a porno. I love this. And Seth Rogen turned him on to the joy of marijuana. You know what? <laughs> Seth is spreading the word. He's doing God's work. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But yeah, so Kevin Smith, Jay and Silent Bob are my last choices. Very nice. Yeah, I thought so. Do I have a last choice? I don't know. Do you? Do I do it yet? You've named what? You named Snoop Dogg. You said Snoop. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. You said Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Who else did you say? I don't think I said anybody outside of those three. No, well, then you have two more choices oh, then. Oh, dear me. How do we do that? I don't know, but you're very mouthy at certain points. You think? I think. Um, <laughs> oh, Bill Maher? Did you say Bill Maher? Yes, we said Bill Maher, Matt McConaughey. Oh, we both agreed on one. Well, we agreed on Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, okay. Yep. So that wasn't it. All right, so I'm going to go in with... Um, uh, who, the, who the fuck was <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Oh, James Franco, because he's my brother-in-law, and I have to... I have James to. Franco, James man. Franco. James Franco. Yeah, he he's another shady character now. Uh, I don't want to hear... A uh, lot of sexual misconduct kind of things, uh, allegations against him and shit. All right. Even Seth Rogen's like, disavowed him now. Well, well, that's rough. Yeah. But my real interest in him is his brother, David. Oh, well, Dave, yeah, Dave's a hottie. Dave, <laughs> um, so, so when I Googled celebrity stoners, and I'm happy with the list I, that Google gave me. I think those people, you know, I would have said the guy from Scooby-Doo. Shaggy. Shaggy, yeah. Um, but but um, I'm happy with the list that they gave me. And Dave Franco, or James Franco. Okay. I love James Franco. Okay. And, and, and his uh, alleged misdeeds. Yeah. Aside, okay, he openly engages in his life while high, yes, and is not shy about saying it. He is also my future brother in law, so I want to get in with the family. Okay, I want Thomas and, and James to like me, and certainly the parents. Oh my god, uh, because you know, it's I'm a lot, and when Dave brings me home, I want them to know. Ahead of time. You'll be the future Mr. Dave Franco? Yes. <laughs> if there's any kind of God in the universe, if there's any kind of justice in the universe, if karma is a thing, I will be Mrs. Dave Franco. <laughs> that's the end. Of, that's all I've got to say. Okay. Uh, do you have a last choice for a favorite pothead, favorite no. stoner? No, I don't. No, no you I, don't. I, that's the last thing I have to say. Okay. Dave Franco. Call me. We now move on to our last segment, the Grumpy Old Gay Men Gripe of the Week. Oh. And what is your Gripe of the Week? I don't know, man. There's just so many. <laughs> Pick one. It's just like, uh, I, I, 
This whole sort of arrogant ignorance, this uh, insistent ignorance. The arrogance of stupidity, I call it. Yeah, it. that is, I don't know. I don't see the cause for it. I don't see why anybody falls for it. Why anybody thinks that this is not just, why do you want me to be stupid? Why is your goal to make my kids stupid? Yeah, I know. And that bothers me. Spring is still a real fucking gripe for me right up there, you know, and this spring particular. Okay. Fuck you. Okay. What the fuck are you doing? You go from 60 degrees to 32 degrees to 45 degrees to, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck is that? That's not spring. That's we, we must weather the weather whether we like it or not. Fuck you and your rhymes. <laughs> so, yeah, you got me griping now, and I could go on forever. Like, I think, I think still, you gave us enough. I'm still pissed at the fucking headline. All right, go ahead. <laughs> What's yours? I don't have one this week. You do this too often. I'm sorry, I don't have too one. Often. Your life is too happy. Well, maybe so. That's why I don't have a gripe. Yo, Stephen, come here. Do you have a gripe for the week? To give a gri- gripe for me for a second, please. Please, because your fucking Pollyanna husband. I don't have a gripe for the week. Well, your gripe for the week. He listens to me go on like fucking poison. And then he says, I don't have a gripe for the week. My life is happy and fabulous. And I want somebody to fucking gripe with me. So please, please, you have a gripe? Our life's a peachy. Get the fuck out. We have no issues. That's our producer, Stephen Prendergast, lying to you live on the air. Here from the Zen Room. Thank you, honey. Love you. Fuck you. (laughs) Long Island roads suck. Okay. Okay, that'll do. That'll do. That'll help. Yes, exactly. Long Island roads suck. Oh, they're the fucking worst. Jesus. Well, yeah, but that's fucking common knowledge. Well, yeah, I know, but they're really bad right now. That's in the ether. We're not talking about the traffic. We're talking about the the actual roads. Yes, like driving on the moon. Ridiculous. Why they should cover? Why not use plastic? (laughs) Why not use what? What do you mean plastic on what? As roads. Why not use? I'm sure it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't last as long. You think? With all the pressure and the weather exposure. Plastic? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to do that well. Oh, I don't know. They need, first of all, they need radiant heating. With plastic, it seems to me it'd be easier to put, like, I don't know, a hot water pipe or some shit underneath some fucking three-inch plastic and warm that shit up so the roads don't ice. We need flying cars. Well, that we were promised that. <laughs> yes. We're still waiting. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm pissed. The year 2000 came and went. Where's my fucking Jetson's life? <laughs> the fuck? We now come to the conclusion of this week's episode. I'm very disappointed. In? You and Stephen and not having a gripe. I'm sorry. We I don't have any gripes this oh, week, yeah. you know? <laughs> anyway, I want to thank my husband and producer, Stephen Prendergast. For nothing. <laughs> You know where to find our episodes, of course, but you can also go to our website. If you go to our website, you will also find on our blog, we have not only our episodes, but we have bonus material for each episode. So you'll see links to clips and other things about the topics that we talked about. And, of course, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can feel free to leave your suggestions for wine for Tommy there. Here's what I'm thinking. What's that? Why don't you just record that? Why? As an ending. Why? Because you don't have to do it live. I don't mind doing it live. Okay. So me sitting through it. But it may always change. You know, I don't always say the same exact thing. Yeah, you, know? you pretty much do. Until well, I pretty inter- much. I cover the same general point of topic, yes. Right, 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 until I interrupt you. Yes, and, but then I, I 
But I you pick it right back up and go again. Exactly. What I'm saying is, if you just edit you uninterrupted by me, you could just drop this in during editing and let it be the same every week. Do you know if you had not said all that, I'd be already saying we're at the end of our show? Yeah, I do. Okay. Actually, I do. We're at the end of our show, so have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches. Bye.